Welcome to the University of Adversity, where the only rules of the class is to hold your head up high and keep moving forward. Because when the going gets tough, the tough get going. And now, here's your host, Lance Ecos. This episode is brought to you by Mike Young, the Makeover Master. If you feel your business image might be costing you money, influence, power, and respect, then head over to makeovermaster.com to discover what their complete brand makeover experience is all about. Go check it out right now because everyone deserves to look their best. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of University of Adversity. I'm your host, Lance Isios. Today, I got a really cool guest. He grew up in Ukraine and having to re- relocate over to the United States, he had to go through an incredible shift in you know, watching his family have to make changes in their culture and go through a whole bunch of different things. He later went into having a really high-end corporate job, but he decided to get out of that to pursue his career in tech, where now he is in Silicon Valley. He's a CTO, Career Karma, where he helps people get jobs in tech from traditional jobs. He helps people make that transition. And he also has a podcast which is called Breaking Into Startups, which helps people get into tech. And it's the number one podcast in that niche on how helping people get into that industry. So I'm super excited to have him on. Arthur Meister, thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be, to be joining you for this conversation. Yeah, me too, man. Um, so let's, let's go back. Let's uh, fill in the gaps for me. Um, let's, let's start with your story, you know, where you grew up and uh, you know, how you became who you are today. Yeah, for sure. So I have to say, um, I have a twin brother, an identical twin and, uh, I'm 28 now, 28 years old, and I've never been apart from him for more than three months. So that's just an interesting fact that, um, I have someone that I've lived with, I've gone to school with, I've started companies together. So that's just an interesting fact that just, there's someone that, is it like looks like me and we've done a lot of things together. It's just kind of a fun fact. Um, but yeah, I was born in Ukraine. Um, my family immigrated to New York um, when I was in middle school. And so I, I really had to like go through the, um, through seeing my, my parents struggle a lot and having to reinvent themselves. Uh, they were in their forties when they moved. And so just seeing them not speaking a word of English, um, starting minimum wage jobs and just doing that all for their children kind of inspired me to kind of continuing to reinvent myself as I'm older now and like changing jobs. And it just put a lot of things in perspective for me. Yeah, for sure. So like, let's talk about how different, cause I've talked to a couple different people in other episodes. I had one, one, um, one guy on Sam, he came from Iran in one of the past episodes and he was yeah. talking about how different and how, how different he was treated when he, when he made the shift you know, from, cause a lot of times people see United States as like this shiny, everybody's got a lot of money. Everything's really yeah. from the movies. Like what was that in, in comparison to leaving Ukraine and, and all yeah. those kind of things? What was, what was the hardest and what was the differences that you mainly noticed? Yeah, I think the biggest shift, and I was 10 years old when uh, I moved to the, to the States. Um, I didn't speak a word of English and Basically, I went from being an insider, understanding the culture, being treated like everyone else by other kids, um, to being an outsider where people are 
you don't speak a word of English and your classmates, especially in middle school, are looking at you like, who is this foreign kid who doesn't understand our jokes, who doesn't really like uh, do well in class. Like they just, I felt misunderstood through, through most of my, like, I guess like middle school and high school years because I just couldn't communicate and relate to my peers because of the language barrier. And I think a lot of immigrants go through a similar uh, phase where because um, you, you're coming from a country that's um, where you feel like you're one, you're one of the insiders to now being put in an environment where everyone else is an insider and you're the outsider. So that was an interesting thing to go through. Um, and definitely a big challenge that looking back now, it definitely prepared me for anything else I, I want to do in life. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, cause Europe, Europe's got its own thing, right? And, and there hasn't been a massive amount of change in culture because each place is so different and it's like, you can get places in an hour and it's so different at each spot. So coming from a place where you do things one way and then yeah. coming to the United States where it's kind of like a melting pot where there's all these cultures, it's multicultural, must have been a huge shock. So from there, okay. Yeah, for sure. You, so from there, you moved here, right? You're obviously a bright guy. You've been successful. You know, tell us about, you know, your growing up and, and where did you grow up in the United States and, you know, what helped you to sort of, you know, find your way into like, you know, getting out yeah. of that initial sort of, Hey, I'm the new guy. This is tough, you know? Yeah, definitely. So I think, um, I remember back when I was in middle school, I always felt like I had to like prove something to myself and to my parents. Cause they took a big sacrifice. They took a big risk of coming to the States. So I, even at a pretty young age, I always felt that like sense of responsibility that I can't just slack off in class. I have to take this seriously because um, I'm seeing how hard my parents are working and I want this to be for nothing. And so since I was 14, I would just go to the library, get books on finance and try to like understand investing, understand the stock market. Um, I was a big fan of Warren Buffett. So I tried to kind of just decouple how did they, how did these like uh, amazing investors become who they are? And I probably read like almost every single book in the finance section because for me, it was like the way out. Uh, as a 15-year-old, it was like, well, just try to like figure out, learn how to invest and then um, you'll, be, you'll, be, you'll be able to make something of yourself. And I think I read one of the books, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I don't know if you've heard of it. Classic. And I think that was, yeah, one of the classics. And to a 15-year-old, it was like mind-blowing because I always thought that playing by the rules and having a nine to five was the dream. And then having read that book, it was kind of like mind blowing. Like you can make, um, you could be your own boss. You could be an entrepreneur. You could start a business. So that's when I got that entrepreneurial spark. Um, and yeah. And then I, I had a, a couple of little ventures when I was in high school, my brother and I, we would like buy uh, gift cards on Craigslist in pretty large denominations. Like we would buy like 400 circuit city gift card and then we would break it up into smaller chunks and then sell them on eBay for like for a smaller discount. So we'd try to like arbitrage it a little bit. So I've always had like the hustle, but um, finance was like my um, clear goal. So I spent about since I was in high school to college to after college to do everything possible to get a job as an investor banker. And that's what I, I kind of, that's what I accomplished after college. But then I realized as soon as I got there that this career path is totally not for me. Right. So you're, you invest in banker. So you're, you obviously doing really well. It's like so many people, 
you know, go yeah. out to do that. And they, they can't become that because you gotta be, you gotta be smart. Like, let's be honest. And it, it's, it's tough to do. So, but I love seeing the perspective of like, you were there, you had, you had made it for most people, you know, like what was, yeah. talk me through your day to day. Like, what didn't you like about it? Like what was going on in your mind, in your heart? Like, why did you decide to, to pick up and leave such a successful thing? Because on paper you're successful and in conversations you can tell people, Hey, I got this job. I'm, I'm successful. Like why wasn't that success for you? Yeah, totally. So I think for me, um, once I became an investor banker and I started like, I think the first six months was like the honeymoon stage where you're learning a lot. You're uh, still have a lot of ambition and like a lot of hopes for like what this career is going to be like. And then you kind of get pigeonholed in the corporate world to a specific task. And you just start working with like all you do every day is like PowerPoint and Excel, PowerPoint and Excel. And it gets very repetitive. And um, as someone that was always like a go-getter and, and overachiever, I felt like I could be doing so much more with my time. I could be like, I'm not realizing my full potential. And so that's when I considered um, quitting and starting a new, like either starting a company or switching careers. But it was super scary because I already got one really good career. Like what else can I wish for? And my parents were happy and my friends were like, thought it was a good job. So it was kind of a difficult, um, it was difficult to come to terms with because on paper I already had everything I needed. So it's kind of like, it was definitely a tricky period because I knew I, I could do way more, but um, it was hard to explain to people, you know? So what I ended up doing is I read a, a blog post called Climbing Their Own Hill by Chris Dixon, where he talks about when you get dropped in a desert um, and your goal is to climb the tallest hill, you're probably just going to go see whichever uh, hill is the tallest near you and try to climb it. But what you don't realize is that as soon as you get to the top of that hill, you see an even higher hill because you reach your local maxima, not the global maxima. And I think that's what happens to a lot of us in our careers or in business where we try to achieve, like we try to like go after the best things we could see from that vantage point. But as soon as the vantage point changes, there's so much more out there in the world. But in order to achieve that, you have to climb down and give up a lot of the things you worked for in order to go after even more ambitious goals. And so after reading that post, I was like, all right, I already got this job. Worst case scenario, I could always go back to work on Wall Street. It's my time to uh, check out this tech thing and start a company. So that's what I ended up doing. Wow. So did you say you were on Wall Street? Is that where you? Yeah. Oh, you were, yeah. you, so, oh, you were um, on Wall Street. Was, wow. So you had, uh, you had, yeah. So I was doing investor banking. Yeah. Okay. I was awesome. working for a big bank and I, everything was, everything was good, but I yeah. still felt like there was a lot more. Yeah. Well, I just wanted to just, just to paint that picture because you were on wall street. Okay. Like, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's, yeah. you, you know, you weren't just an investment banker. Yeah. Like you were on wall street. That's, that's amazing. So, okay. Yeah. You decided, all right, there's, I, I, there's more to life. There's more, there's another hill I want to get over. And I love that, man, because that's so true. You know, we hit these hills and you get to the top and then there's always something bigger and you got to want to grow, right? Um, and okay, so you, you, yeah. you went on a new journey. Sure. You decided to start fresh. You decide, okay, I want to do mm -hmm. something else. Tell us what the vision you had and, you know, what you, you know, the initial struggles that you had from making that transition. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. So I think, so I see kind of my journey as almost like climbing Everest or climbing the tallest hill. And so the first thing I realized is I'm not going to be able to do it alone. So I try to recruit other people to come on the journey with me. And you probably know if you read about climbing Everest, you don't do it alone. You do it in a huge group. You do it with other people that go through training, that prepare sometimes for years in order to undertake this journey. And so I kind of had a similar mindset. So I looked around me and I tried to find people that were like, like people that are smarter than me, people that had more um, that I could see as equals, you know. And so um, that's when uh, my co-founder Ruben. Um, I was working with him in finance as well. And so together we kind of came up with a plan. And then my brother Timor also joined us. So it was the three of us. We were living in Atlanta and we said, all right, we're going to move out to Silicon Valley and we're going to figure it out. We're going to break into tech. We're going to join VC-backed startups, venture capital-backed startups. And we're going to figure out how the system works. And then we're going to go and start our own company. And so this was around six years ago where we didn't know anyone. We just bought one-way tickets and moved out here to the West Coast. And so from then, we've just been hustling, you know? <laughs> oh, man, that's awesome. Um, I yeah. love that. Yeah. So, yeah, and I think something that... Yeah, go ahead. No, 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 you go ahead. You go ahead. Keep going with what you're saying there. Yeah, so I think something that uh, back then, um, we wanted to be entrepreneurs. We wanted to start our own company. And I think a lot of people kind of... Uh, go through the same thing where you deep inside you know you want to be an entrepreneur but you may not have the idea you may not have the right team you may not have the technical skills and so a lot of people go forward anyways hoping that they figure it out and something else that we did differently was we said all right why don't we identify our strengths and weaknesses as a team and let's go out and try to build up our skill sets over the next two to three years so then we could be ready to start a company that's going to be the next Google or the next Facebook, you know? So it was very strategic on our part because we, we didn't want to just start any company. We wanted to build the best company possible. And we realized that it's going to be a long journey, similar to climbing Everest. Um, and so what we did is uh, back then, I didn't know a single thing about coding. And I said, I'm going to become a CTO. I'm going to become the best engineer there is. And it was a pretty bold statement to make because by at that point, I've never did anything coding related, but I just like had that faith in myself and said, I'm going to figure it out. And so my brother and I, we both uh, went down the engineering path to just figure out how these, how Facebook builds their apps, how Google does their algorithms, just to kind of immerse ourselves in that uh, sphere. And then my co-founder, Ruben, he went down the venture capital and business development route where he basically started networking with all the top venture capitalists, all the CEOs and just. And so very strategically, we spent three years doing that. And uh, around two years ago, we started our own company. We started first, we started with a podcast, uh, which became the top podcast uh, in the world for people that want to break into tech. And this year we started career karma, which is um, venture capital back. And now we're helping thousands of people uh, get jobs in tech. And I can tell you more about what we do as well. Yeah, man, absolutely. Like, I, I want to hear. So take us into Career Karma, man. I love the name. I, I, I love what yeah. it's – and, yeah, Thanks. like, how can, how can people yeah. get into tech? Like, there's a lot of smart people out there, a lot of people that 
you know, there's obviously a huge demand for it. You know, how, how does that help people? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So I'm someone that's self-taught and I went, I went from a non-traditional background of not knowing how to code and in a relatively short amount of time, six to 12 months, I attended a coding bootcamp. It's basically a three to six month coding course that teaches you all the basics and then they help you get a job in tech. And so by going through that experience, I've kind of realized that this is an immense opportunity because you no longer need to be bound by student debt or you need to be bound by four years, four year degrees. There's tons of people who are in their 20s and 30s who are trying to reinvent themselves. And tech provides one of the, some of the top opportunities because there's just so much growth and demand for people that know how to build, you know? And so uh, we started, so I became an engineer. My brother became an engineer as well. And so we started blogging about our experience. We started sharing this story because we felt like it was our duty to make sure that people outside of tech knew that these opportunities existed. And um, once we started doing that, our blog just blew up. We started getting people reaching out to us, um, single parents, veterans, athletes, just bankers, doctors, like it was just amazing to see that there's so many people out there who um, also were interested in tech, you know, and a lot of them uh, had their own insecurities and I could relate to those insecurities because I was in their shoes. Like it, it takes a lot to have that kind of faith in yourself to say, all right, I'm a, like maybe right now I'm a teacher, but in six months I'm going to be a software engineer working for Google. Right. It's kind of like, if you just say it out loud, it sounds pretty outlandish, but, um, that's why we build the podcast to showcase the stories of people that have done it successfully. And we released over a hundred episodes to date that showcase these people that work at Google, Uber, like all sorts of top tech companies. Um, and they all come from a very non-traditional, non-linear background, you know? And so that's kind of how the podcast started. And Career Karma was basically an extension of that because we want to build the biggest uh, learning platform in the world for people that want to transition careers and pivot their careers. And nowadays there's tons of opportunities in data science and design UX in um, engineering, just companies are starving for talent. And on the other hand, you have regular people who are looking for great well-paying jobs that provide secure job security benefits, unlimited vacation days. And so we're just connecting the two, you know? Right. So, okay, let's, what about the people who aren't traditionally as educated, right? So how, as far as, you know, what, how important was, you know, your, obviously your long-term vision, right? You had a vision and visualization is super important, right? Because once you see it, you know, it's attainable, right? So for people that don't have that background of education, you know, how, how, how do people you know, basically I know that you can offer them how to learn, but what are some of the mindset strategies? Like what are some of the goal setting yeah. things that you have used or, or help people to really yeah. make that transition and make it a reality? Yeah, no, for sure. That's a really good question. Cause we believe anyone can do it, but it does require a mindset change and a change in your behavior as well. Cause you're, you're going to be going through a pretty hard journey. So, um, Something that we, we, we did that helped us was having each other, right? And you're the average of five people you spend the time with. So at the, at the core of Career Karma, we have this concept of peer circles. So it's five to ten people who are in the same stage as you, who 
who are going towards the same goal. And so having that group of people that's going to keep you accountable and when you're slacking, they're going to call you out or maybe you're struggling with something and they're also going to like kind of keep you accountable and help you get through those blocks. That's pretty pivotal for anything you want to do in life, especially when you're trying to change careers or um, learn a new skill set. And so having that mindset of like, hey, I'm not going to be able to do this alone. I need other people that are they're going to keep me accountable. It's pretty critical for uh, being able to successfully transition. Um, I think another mindset change is just um, having the growth mindset that you can learn and you can do anything. Um, I think with a lot of the traditional like education system, when you're growing up, you might be categorized as like, hey, you're the math person or you're the creative writing English person or you're the science person. You know, like you kind of grow up with these beliefs about yourself and it's pretty critical to uh, identify and get rid of those self-limiting beliefs because anyone can learn pretty much anything. And in this day and age, everything is online, everything is available. If you could dedicate about 600 hours, you could learn how to code. So, um, the biggest thing we help people with is just realizing that, hey, it's going to be a long journey, but if you do it together with other people and you just knock away, chip away week, week at a time, you'll be able to get to the final destination. I really liked how you said that. Like, because what happens is when you're younger, you may have, a, you may have like a shitty teacher or something that doesn't believe in yeah. you, and then you don't, have a, you don't do well on an exam, or you're in university, or you're in a course, you know, you're doing, say you're doing marketing yeah. or whatever, but you, for some reason, you're not, you're not in the mindset. You don't have, you don't connect with that teacher and you do, you yeah. don't do that great. Then all of a sudden, oh, I'm yeah. not good at that. I'm not, that's not me. But really yeah. it's, it, that's, there's so many limited beliefs that we take on that we hold on to. Exactly. That stops us from having that vision because at the end of the day, we're all humans. We all have the same, we're all playing the same game here. It's a, you know, like what, yeah. how, how are you learning? Like, what are you, are you taking advantage of the things? Are you working on yourself? And I just think that's so important. I'm really glad you touched on that is that you've yeah. got to stop telling yourself that you can't do something. Right. And especially exactly, yeah. hearing your story, how you completely shift to a different career. Like it's amazing. Yeah. And, and it's just so inspiring to anybody out there. That's yeah. like, shit, I don't like this job. I work in this other job but how am I going to make a shift to the tech industry? And it's like, it's like, well, here you go. That's exactly how you do it. You know? (laughs) Yeah. And there's so many people out there in the world who are like, I'm not a tech person or like, I'm not just because you're not good with, let's say Instagram or just because you may not be good with word or Excel doesn't make you not a tech person, you know, and everything could be taught. Everything could be learned. And that's kind of like, um, I think a lot of us have these little beliefs about ourselves and we prevent ourselves from this amazing world out there that we could be good at, you know, just, um, but I definitely also realize there's passions, there's interests. Some people may not be as interested in certain types of work, but we're able to do way more than we give ourselves credit for. And um, I think going back to my like origin story, like just seeing, seeing my parents reinvent themselves after we immigrated just put things in perspective because they came to this country not speaking a word of English, which a lot of your audience probably already has like the language skills. Um, They had a family they had to support and they pretty much like only had like, we were staying with our relatives, but we weren't, we, we could only stay with them for a few months. So we barely had a place to live. And they started with like a lot of immigrants started with like 
minimum wage jobs, they were, they started saving, even though we, they only made like $70 an hour, they still found a way to save and build a NASDAQ, which allowed them to like, I don't know, like take it to the next level and like maybe invest in themselves and take courses so they could um, learn English. And so I think with a lot of the, a lot of your listeners and a lot of listeners that listen to Bringing This House podcast, um, what we try to tell people is that you have to realize like you already have so many advantages. You just need to turn that mindset on and realize what you have going for you. Yeah, for sure. And you think about the power and how much determination and resilience, you know, anybody that's here in the United States, Canada, chances are you immigrated from somewhere, right? Most people and our, our families had to go through so much shit and so many changes and to have to be like, (laughs) well, how do we know that that is going to work? How do we, and and we have that installed in us because our families did it, you know? And yeah, it's exactly. Yeah. It's amazing that, and we forget that. Like if you're alive right now, chances are your family had to overcome some serious stuff. So to say that you aren't capable of things is, oh, is, is simply false, right? And yeah. it's, it's crazy that when you think about it like that. And I mean, just the more I speak to people, right. the more I hear about these kind of things and how you just, you get better at dealing with these struggles. And it's just so important for, you know, whatever positioning you are and where you want to go is that you got to learn to enjoy the struggles. You got to learn to enjoy the growth because that's where all the fun is. Yeah. And it's kind of like, it's analogous to working out. Like, yeah, it's not fun, like trying to bench press something and it being super heavy, but by doing that over and over again, you build muscle and then you're like a month later, you're going to be like, Hey, that, that was easy. Now I want to add another plate, you know? And so with a lot of the struggle actually, comes resilience, comes like you get a lot of benefits and uh, positive outcomes. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. let's, let's dive into the, uh, you're breaking this, breaking into startups, man. Like tell us about, yeah. you know, you kind of touched on it, but like this being a podcast and you know, you creating yeah. something, seeing the power in connecting with people, you know, what kind have, what kind of things has that done for your business? How important is it to have people on sharing their story and, you know, to be able to kind yeah, of give totally. back to people, like how important has a podcast been yeah. in the shift in your new direction? Totally. I mean, I think there's just been so many benefits that came from starting my podcast. I, I'll go through a few of them, but I think like, I think nowadays uh, starting a podcast is relatively simple. I think maintaining it and um, putting yourself into it and really being authentic to your, to like your message or to your platform, that's definitely not not as easy as people think it is but uh, it really gives you a chance to leave a legacy and to uh, bring attention to things that you feel like uh, the media or the world is overlooking you know and so in our case for bringing the startups we felt like the tech media or the mainstream media in general they were spending so much time putting the spotlight on the ceos of these big, big tech firms like elon musk zuckerberg like people that didn't really need any more spotlight they were getting all the spotlight and we found that most people didn't relate to them. I mean, can you relate to someone that started the biggest social network in the world when they were 21? Like a lot of people, those stories are fun to read about, but it doesn't give you any actionable advice for you to make improvements in your life, you know? And so with bringing the startups, we intentionally didn't go after featuring entrepreneurs or VCs because 
like even though those people were in our network, we didn't feel like it would be authentic to um, to our message. Instead, we went and found amazing stories of people that work at these companies. They might work at Uber, they might work at Lyft or Airbnb or Stripe, um, but their stories have never been told. And with a lot of them, um, their coworkers don't even know the kind of struggles that they had to overcome. And I think your podcast, like the University of Adversity, it kind of it kind of goes to the heart of what, like the human struggle that people can relate to. Like that's the cornerstone for a lot of uh, um, the way that we relate to people, you know? And that's a lot of the time, that's what causes change in behavior and um, change in our lives. So um, I'll give you an example of a story we featured that has literally changed hundreds of other people's lives. So there's um, this guy, Rodney, he's a senior engineer at Slack. So a lot of you may have already been using Slack. It's a pretty popular like communication tool. So he's a senior engineer. He has a team that he's working with. On paper, his story looks very traditional and very great. But what people don't know is that he grew up in North Philly in a gang, like very violent uh, neighborhood. He had to drop out of high school because of all the fights that his school was having that he literally was like risking his life going to school. And since he was 16 to 19, he had to work at, in McDonald's at, while living with his grandma because that's the only way he could get by. And so just by going through that, that type of adversity, he also kind of found a way to pursue his passion and he started building web projects. He started just tinkering with some website stuff. And then, like, over the next, like, five years, he worked his way up to actually learning how to code. And then uh, he got a job at a number of different startups and made his way to working in this amazing company called Slack. But his story is, like, the least traditional you could imagine, but no one knows about it, you know? So we featured him on the Breaking Subs podcast. And then once that story got released, people started reaching out from all over the world saying, hey... Like, love the story, Rodney, because like, I'm also a high school dropout. I'm also a college dropout. And hearing your story motivate, is motivating me now to continue learning and become a software engineer, you know? So these are the types of stories that um, are helping people stay motivated and, like, we just wish that more of these stories could be heard. And that's part of the goal for building the media platform so we could tell more of these stories. Yeah, I love that because traditionally – like you said, the only people that got any attention on radio or anything was the people who were, you know, they had like some talent agent or they had some sort of connection through like a music agency yeah. or like you're, you got to go on some sort of news program. But it was so hard to get, you know, the everyday person or just the people that are kind of flying under the radar on the spotlight. And it's so nice yeah. to be able to – see, that's why with my show – you know, I want to be able to, it's entrepreneurs mostly, it tends to be, but I, the, I love just like finding that story and that really just yeah. highlighting the human, you know, highlighting the human experience and what they've gone through and, and been able to be on whatever, to be able to go to become successful in whatever it is they want to do. Right. And it's like, totally. we all go through a, some sort of struggle or adversity or challenge, but like how often do people's stories get heard, you know? And I really feel exactly. that these kind of platforms to be able to just you know, to share that and to be able to give back to people because there could be one person listening out there where they're just like, wow, I like that. I like that guy or I like that girl. And, and then boom, 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 boom. It's the ripple effect. 
They start to do stuff. They start to follow people and boom, their life has changed, right? And that's truly the fulfilling oh, yeah. part of this, you know, and talking to people like yourself, you know, I love like your story on how, you know, immigrant, then you did one career and then another career. And, and now you're doing, you're, you're doing so well in this tech industry. It's like, it's amazing. And, you know, working yeah. with you and stuff, it's, it's super exciting to hear like where you're going. So like, let's talk yeah. about, let's talk about, okay, your day-to-day struggles that you face. What are, let's paint a picture. You're, you're successful. You got a good podcast. You got a good business. What are the struggles that people don't see that as you start to get bigger, like let's say you're scaling, you're becoming bigger. What are these struggles that you see that you probably don't talk about very often? And what, what is that goal that you're like, what is your Everest right now? And what are these things that are stopping you from yeah. getting to that Everest? Yeah, totally. I mean, I think right now, uh, so I don't know if, um, I think by the time this uh, podcast comes out, it's going to be public, but basically Career Karma got accepted into Y Combinator, which is the top accelerator in the world for startups. <clears throat> and the way it works is uh, 12,000 companies apply for every, like there's two batches per year, 12,000 companies apply and only 200 get accepted. And so companies like Airbnb, Dropbox, Stripe, um, a lot of the well-known companies you may have heard of, they all went through Y Combinator and it's essentially like a peer circle, similar to the way Career Karma has peer circles. You have a peer circle of other founders that you're in and you're learning from each other. You're seeing how much other people are able to get done in a week. So it encourages you to work just like that much harder and you're getting mentored by some of the top entrepreneurs and business people in the world. So something that's next that I'm looking forward to in 2019 is, um, we're starting Y Combinator uh, in, on January 3rd. And so I'm looking forward to being, being able to kind of learn from these people and be surrounded by other entrepreneurs that are pushing the limits and kind of seeing the professionalism that they're uh, operating at. Um, so that's a little bit about kind of like what I'm excited about for 2019. I think in terms of struggles, um, as an entrepreneur, like as your company is growing, you have to pretty much reinvent the process. Like something that was working a month ago stops working once you double in size, or like once you have more employees or once you have more users. So especially as a tech startup founder, like six months ago, we didn't have an app. We didn't have our iOS, Android apps. We didn't have any users using the product. And then every month we've been doubling the user count. Like we've been getting more people complaining about bugs or maybe there's like just having, being able to reinvent the system and the process every week and every month. That's been like the biggest struggle, but it's also fun because you kind of get to write your own future. Yeah, that's, I, I, I love that, man. Cause I can relate to that. We get so attached to what we've been doing, but you got to be able to understand that things are growing and changing so fast. Right. And hearing somebody like, like yourself, yeah. that's super successful and dialed in, in this industry that you have to switch your game plan all the time at you know, be able to adjust yeah. to these things. That's huge for anybody listening out there, especially in the entrepreneurial space, online marketing space, we get attached to, let's say Facebook's algorithms or Instagram's algorithms. And then they change and they go, Oh shit, what am I going to do? You know what I mean? And it's like to be able to understand yeah. that somebody playing at a high level like you has to do that every day. It's like it makes it easier. It makes it more relatable for somebody who's, you know, dealing with those day-to-day kind of struggles, getting their ad account shut down or all these kind of things that happen, you know, exactly. and tend, tend to really, you know, kill people's yeah. drive in this industry. So, 
Yeah, yeah, totally. And I think it also helps to kind of realize that um, whatever struggles you're having, there's people that have had the same like challenges in the past and they've not only figured, figured them out, but now they're operating at like 10x or 100x more efficiency than, than you are. So just keeping in mind that even the biggest problems we're facing, like those are like people have gone through similar things and have succeeded. So just keeping telling yourself that it's not impossible, it's doable, there's a solution, you just have to find it. I think that's been very motivating and just what kept me going. Okay, awesome. I got three questions left for you, man. Number one, yeah. Well, this one's kind of a this is kind of a double question. So a guy like yourself, yeah. you know, you're doing well in tech industry podcast. What is your daily routine? How do you get fired up? Like what is the secret hack in your in your sort of daily rituals yeah. that you do that somebody could apply today? Yeah. I mean, I think I try to keep things super simple because I know some people like to have a lot of like lists and calendars and all that stuff. I'm pretty basic. Basically, I um, wake up in the morning around 6 a.m., um, head straight to the gym. Uh, like, I don't think I could maintain my like I guess rigorous and momentum if I didn't work out or just something physical. So um, even though it's very hard to find time when you're an entrepreneur, I think find, at least dedicating an hour per day to do something active or physical is going to make sure that your mind is in the right place and that you're kind of um, taking care of your body. So I think that's number one. Um, I think number two is just eliminating distractions. Like I try to be kind of strategic around how I plan my day and um, if there's any calls or anything that could be uh, like postponed or um, I guess just like trying to identify the highest priority tasks that you need to get done that day and making sure that you accomplish them. And then anything else that's not a priority or doesn't need to happen that day, being able to say no and uh, not, not even think about it. So something that I do is uh, like I could work from 7 a.m. or 8 a.m. until potentially 9, 10 p.m., but I'm only working like on things that matter and only things that put me in the flow state. So um, I, I, I know that like Tim Ferriss talks about flow and there's other people that talk about, like talk about the concept of the flow state, but I think it's important as an entrepreneur to identify what puts you in that state of mind where you're just kind of operating at a high efficiency and you're able to add, create a lot of value for yourself, for your customers, and do whatever is necessary to put yourself in there. It might be having a bulletproof coffee. It might be um, like I just I don't know, one. doing something. <laughs> oh, you just had one. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> but whatever. But yeah, whatever it takes to put you in that mind, mind state of mind is critical. And then once you get there, just turn off your phone, turn off your notifications, and just start cranking because there's no no one else is going to build your business for you. So you need to be putting in eight, 10 hours a day of literally flow state because if you're not doing it, your competitors are doing it. So you just have to be able to put away all the distractions. So, man, I love it. But for the newest person that doesn't know what flow state is, describe flow state and what is your method to get into flow state? Is it the gym? Is it meditation? Like what is your, how do you get into flow state um, personally? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I mean, I usually try to, so like in my day, uh, there's definitely things that are like short tasks. So it might be like 20 minutes, 30 minutes. So I try to get all the kind of housekeeping items that need to be get done that day out as fast as possible. 
and then block off at least like three, four hours a day. Usually it's coding related. So I'll just dedicate, let's say 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. of pure coding time. And I just started working on the problem. Um, I think it might, be, might, might also be personality, but like once I get into that, that state, I just lose track of time and like nothing else matters. And a lot of it is just like, fixing a bug or having something broken and you're like, I'm not going to leave until I figure out how to solve this, you know, and just trying every single thing possible and just hacking until you figure it out. You know, um, in terms of putting myself in the flow state, I think I'm just lucky in a way where like I, I'm able to focus for extended periods of time. So if I'm able to, um, remove all the distractions and just save my energy for this one task that day, um, it's pretty easy for me to just to start working on it. And then as I get more immersed in it, I just continue without stopping or like without getting distracted by notifications and things like that. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, well, okay. Then I, I mean, I obviously, that answered it. <laughs> yeah, it, it does because you know what, maybe, you know, not everybody needs a whole bunch of things to get into the zone, right? Your thing is obviously the gym. So your, yeah. your non-negotiable is the gym, yeah. right? So there you go. And I'm the same way, man. Like even before yeah. doing these podcasts, it's like there's certain, I, if I didn't go to the gym, I got to go do push-ups. I got to slam my Kangen water. I got to go in the cold water, get a shower. Cold, there's, there's certain things you got to do, right? To kind of get your yep. physiology up. And Tony Robbins talks about that too, right? To get, to get you in that yep. state. Because when you're in a high state, you can absorb more. You can, you can, you can focus more. You can do all those things. So um, working out is so important in that regard. Cause like, I remember even, I remember even, uh, oh, is he still there? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think my, for some reason, zoom logged in and logged out. So I'm back right in. Okay, cool. But yeah, I remember like, you know, when I was working a traditional job, I couldn't go to job the work without, without going to the gym, getting a sweat because I couldn't deal with people. And it's just like, mm-hmm. it, it kind of, your body gets adapted to that. So <laughs> I mean, I, not everybody needs a big routine. That's, and I yeah. like that you kind of said, you know, as long as I go to the gym. So that's super important. Now, um, next, man, I want to make sure that we can find you and people can connect with you because you got a lot, of, a lot of gold to offer, man. So where, where are you? Where are you on the platforms, websites? For sure, for sure. I'm pretty big on social media. So either Twitter, um, Arthur Meister, um, that's my username, or on Instagram, a Meister, A-M-E-Y-S-T-E-R. And uh, I'm pretty big on social media. I try to post and share my story with people. So uh, like I, I pretty much have a daily habit of posting like stories, highlights of what I'm working on, what my team is working on. So if you want to follow like what it's like to uh, be an entrepreneur, be a CTO, um, and like help people break into tech, just tune into my Instagram and you can follow, find me there. Awesome, man. I don't even think I have you on Instagram yet. And we've been working together for a bit. So yeah, man. <laughs> um, <laughs> for sure. So, yeah. Check me out. Yeah. Hey, man, I, you're, yeah, absolutely. Everybody will for sure. What about, so it's and your podcast breaking, breaking into startups, right? Yep. Breaking into startups. We've had over a hundred episodes. We have some, some of the top people in tech. Um, so if you're someone that's even slightly interested in tech, open the podcast give it a listen and i guarantee you, you'll find a story that you'll relate to and i'll just open you to new opportunities that could change your careers amazing man amazing super excited to share that that'll all be in the show notes so people can check it out um so 
What's your go-to mindset book right now? If someone could pick it up, they're like, I like what this guy's saying. Um, I mean, I think I, I've, I've been listening to a lot of like YouTube videos, like Tony Robbins, and there's other people that talk a lot about like mindset. Um, I, I remember when I was a little bit younger, I read there. Were, I wish I remember like off the top of my head, but there's if you if you just Google or like YouTube um, Tony Robbins, you'll find some great uh, snippets, and then you could probably read one of his books. But um, I think it just comes down to understanding yourself, understanding your psychology, understanding what motivates you. And then if you could uh, become aware of like what's driving you, then you could always, always kind of reframe your supplementing beliefs or negative beliefs and try to develop positive habits or affirmations. So when you wake up in the morning, you wake up feeling strong and that you could conquer the world and not feel instead of feeling defeated or like something like it's not going i really appreciate you coming on man it's been great chatting with you um i'm super excited to to see where you go man and uh i love connecting with you you're you're great to talk to really really approachable and anybody that gets to you know work with you is very lucky man hey everybody thank you so much for listening i hope you got some value from that without you guys this is impossible so i really really appreciate it If you enjoyed the episode and got value from it, go ahead and rate it, review it, hit that subscribe button. We want to get this to as many people as possible and we want this thing to grow. So go ahead, rate, review, subscribe, and I can't wait for the next episode. Thank you so much. You just finished another class at the University of Adversity. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and tune in again next time for more life lessons with Lance ECOs.